I'm I'm basically curious on what it's like to make bread and make <laughs> uh like pastries. Um I watched this uh this video on Tasty uh uh with like with you in it like about the magic of bread making. Yeah. Uh, and I know it sounds like like it sounds like I'm making this up, but like for some reason your part about like making babka like <laughs> connected with me. And um and I, I tried making babka a few times and uh it was it was fun and it was like for me it was like it was a cool way to to like engage with like my Jewish heritage. Yeah. Um, because I'm not I'm not really religious um but um yeah so um yeah i mean look for when that video came out it was actually very surprising to all of us because um none of us really expected when when um i think that was a, a an eater video um or tasty sorry and when they did that video you know none of us really expected how like we didn't really know what's going to come out of that um, and how they're going to edit it in a way that makes it look very, very uh, appealing. I'd say, like, you know, in terms of of bread making in general, you know, of course, there are the realities that aren't necessarily shown on a day to day life, you know, like waking up super early, it's much easier said than done. And then when you show that in a video that looks very, very appealing, of course, you see the, the so, you know, quote, unquote, the magic of bread making. Um, but I think the one thing that we that we as bakers or pastry chefs um, can't really show or explain is the 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 kind of like the day to day, the drive to come in, you know, every single morning, you know, obscure hours, you know, you know, we live in New York, so you probably know the trains, you know, at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., they're kind of crazy just getting to work. Mm. Um, but then actually diving into, you know, like um the, the basics of, you know, flour, water, salt, yeasts, um, to make these different types of doughs and to, to understand like the know-how of pastry. Um, you know, that's something that can never be portrayed in a video, but I think that what they did in that video is show kind of like the, I guess the initial passion of what, what drives us every day and what kind of, um, you know, kind of in, in a way showcases our work. Um, of course, my work kind of these days you know deals with a lot more than just one type of product there are so many variables and so many things going on at the bakery especially at bread's bakery so you know our our scope and our just the size of of what we do and, and the i guess the quantities and the quality of it um is a very it's a da daily struggle for sure um and it takes a long long time to to perfect that um and it's constant work in progress so you know, it makes me really happy, actually, that you saw that video and you saw, for some reason, the babka is the one that, that stuck to you. Because I remember there was, well, what did they show? They showed, like, a baguette, challah, mm. and babka, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, um, for me also, I mean, like, I, I always preferred, you know, making uh, what we call, so in the, in the baking world, you have your traditional bread, which would be, you know, baguette and challah. And then... Today, nowadays, we call this um, what we do 
or babka or croissants and stuff like that is the viennoiserie and viennoiserie is a very wide range of like it's a very kind of like you know a wide variety of uh, of products that have to deal with um taking usually a yeasted dough and then engulfing butter into it so that whole technique is called viennoiserie or lamination um and that's what i deal with on a day-to-day basis now uh, more than more than you know that I do traditional bread, but it's that plus um, you know uh, entremets and, and cakes and mousses and stuff like that. And you really have to understand a lot of uh, science and a lot of molecules and as to how they are reacting within a dough and in a recipe. So um, you know I'm kind of diving into like the more molecular part of of traditional, let's say babka making, because I'm sure our grandma in Eastern Europe you know, did not have to deal with why certain fibers react to certain waters and why, uh, you know, certain yeast strains are better than the others and how do you get like better freezing stability. But um, that's the evolution of pastry. And that's what makes what we do nowadays, I think, more complex. But at the same time, we can get very interesting results from it. Yeah. Um, So why what is your your um your, like your goal with with pastry making and um you know why like like elevate the the like form of of bread yeah. making or, or babka making well i think that you know if we in any in any craft if we stayed um i guess uh you know traditional or we stayed within the path of of whoever came before us and, and never deviated, then we wouldn't discover anything new. And the same goes for food making. So, you know, why, why, um, why do we constantly evolve and constantly try out new things? And most of these things usually, like, just so you know, like in the background, you know, for me, when I come into work, most of my tests, the tests that I do and that's part of my job um, in creating new pastries, most of them fail. And but then again, why, why would we still do that? Why? What's the reason to, to get up every morning and continue to fail these tests? Um, I think the reason is because of our curiosity and because of the fact that we always, I mean, in any creative field or in any field, because in my opinion, any field is creative or can be creative. Um, we, we test out, we try out new things that we've never done before, or we even try out things that people have done before us just to see what they kind of tastes like in my in my profession and I think that that's what drives me that's what gives me that that kind of like you know the reason why we even you know started talking about waking up at 2 3 a.m every morning is because of that because if I didn't have that and I just came in and made babka every single day of my life I would probably go crazy you know so it that's the one thing that you know as a for example young bakers or young pastry chefs have is is Nowadays, though, like most people want to just jump, skip the part of doing something every day and just go to the creative part, where I think it's kind of wrong because it's it's never it's not sustainable because you can't make new things without knowing these traditional kind of day to day um, challenges and tasks. So if you want to make a good babka, of course, you have to make millions of them throughout your life, but also understand at the same time that, you know, the the fact that it's a traditional product doesn't make it an old you can't kind of like rest on your laurels and say, well, yeah, there's babka, the how, how my grandma made it, and that's it. And then there's nothing else. 
um, there has to be an evolution of any, any type of product, even if it's the most minute, even if our customers don't even notice it, for us as pastry chefs or as bakers, we have to keep trying all the time to, to innovate. Um, so that's, that's kind of why I even do that. And that's kind of what brings me to work every single day. Um, I mean, it's not really work, it's my life. So that's, that's my passion. Yeah. I, do you think it's, there's like, like a, a message there that about, um, like innovating and being creative, but then also, um, like doing the like day-to-day practical things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in life. Of course. I mean, it has to go hand in hand, you know, um, with I think anything we do in life, we have to perfect our our techniques, our our attitude towards it, our our like we said, our day to day, you know, the the grind of of making these products day in day out. But at the same time, you you have to remember that you know, I don't distinguish the two, and I don't say like one is separate from the other. They're both hand in hand. Like in order for you to be creative, you have to do something day in day out and perfect your craft and be very good technically um and that's just in order to even start to create you know and then the the second part is always be curious you have to be curious about oh what if i did this babka this way or what if i did this croissant this way and what if i change you know the ratio of the butter and there's so many details that can go into a product and people don't realize like how many details there are and then especially once you dive onto a molecular level and you understand like what it is that really makes up this, whatever I'm eating, what is it in there that's creating this contrast, this taste, this um, texture, and all these things come together once you take a bite out of something. It's not just like, okay, I came in in the morning, I mixed my dough, I did whatever I had to do, got it out of the oven, and that's it. Um, there's so many aspects to it. So that's really interesting. And, and you can dive into that and, and completely be lost in it forever. Yeah. Which is cool. Kind of scary too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what do you, what do you mean um, by like being lost in it? Well, you know, for me, for example, if I start, well, this happens a lot to me is when I start to dive into the tiniest of details or as, as best as I can. Um, once I start to dive into these details, it, it's kind of like you just discovered a new world. And each time that you you discover something new, you get even more curious. You know, it's not just like, oh yeah, yeah, I I realize now that I can do this and that in my croissant and and that's it, good day, day is done, I can go to sleep. Yes, maybe I go to sleep, but I dream about that and how I can like now make this better, how I can keep um, manipulating these textures or these ingredients to a way that that me as the as the baker or as a pastry chef, um, you know, how do these ingredients work for me? And how can I start to to change them to the to the needs that I that I have or the or whatever I want to do with it? Um, that's why I said once you dive into it and you start discovering that you can do certain things that you didn't think possible before, um, then suddenly it becomes a, a whole new world. Yeah. Um, why, why, like, why even make, um, what meaning does it have to make 
uh, food at all. And, mm. and uh, I, I guess like, how, how did you, how did you um, decide to, um, well, I guess that's, that's a separate question, but like, what meaning does it have to you to make food? Oh, yeah, that's a very, uh, that's a tough one, because I think that it has, there's so many layers of, of what it means to make food. You know, I, for me personally, I didn't grow up, you know, with uh, a deep understanding of pastry, for example. I grew up, you know, I loved food. My, my mom and my, you know, my entire family cooked a lot. Um, and food was very much a focal point in our life. Um, you know, even how the, the kitchen, you start to understand, like, even when I look back at, like, how the kitchen is even built around, you know, kind of like the whole family, um, uh, I guess the family uh, dynamics, um, you start to understand, well, maybe food was always in my life. I just didn't see it. Like, it was so natural to me that I didn't, I was one of those lucky people that had food always available to me when I was growing up and anything we wanted. It was very, very interesting. Um, maybe that's what started it, but I didn't, for example, I didn't uh, show any type of like special like affection towards pastry. I mean, I like to eat it, but I wasn't, you know, one of those people who were like from a very, very young age, like deeply involved with pastry. Mm. That only happened after I got out of the army because I served in Israel in the army. And I remember I needed some sort of um, some sort of way to, I guess, um, ah, some sort of way to kind of, um, you know, because when you're in the army for three years, you kind of do nothing that you want. It's always something that somebody else wants. Um, and you don't even know what you want because you go in at such a tender age. It's 18. You know, you're a kid. You don't know nothing at 18. Um, I'm sure you know more than what I do, what I did when I went in at 18, Joey. But um, for me, when I when I got out, I needed some way to express myself, and I didn't even know what it is I'm trying to express. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that was in a way my my focal point, and that was kind of like my drive was just to okay, I just need to express myself in some sort of way. And I think looking back now, it could have been anything. It could have been. Who knows what it might have been this just happened to like you know fall onto my lap and that's what i took and that's what i became obsessed with um and i think moving forward that kind of gave me that drive to just continue to push myself towards something um and you know things became very interesting to me and getting into like tiny details was a way for me to get away from you know just kind of like day-to-day -day troubles of trying to fit in after you've served for three years in the army. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't know at that time that that was my, you know, my, my saving point, you know, and then kind of like created who I am today was the fact that I, that I found this, you know, and um, I think that I made a decision right after, after the army that, you know, I want to become a pastry chef and I had no idea what that even means. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and, when you're looking back, when I look back at like comparatively to, for example, if you look at the gold standard of, you know, French and European pastry chefs, they start at the age of like 13, 14 over there, you know, and they already are kind of like designated to, to on this path to become a pastry chef. And I had a lot of ground to make up very, very quickly. 
so my I think my drive towards working constantly and keep like to just continue to push myself was very very innate in me um so I had to make up grounds really fast and I re kind of discovered that I'm I am also very competitive um with myself and with others and I constantly have this need to I guess be I always want to be the best it's not always the reality I'm not always the best of course but that's a need in me that I always want to be better and I always want to be the best so I had this drive of like okay I have to make up for all that ground all those years that these other pastry chefs had on me you know that they had you know more training at a, at a younger age I have to make up for that um and I think that was the initial kind of like um uh, I guess forward movement from me was to just continue to work and push myself so I you know I moved from Israel to New York um knowing that there are some good pastry shops and bakeries around here and knowing that you know there's a very competitive food industry here in New York um and that's it and I just decided to to dive right into it um yeah. needless to say it wasn't it wasn't all planned you know it wasn't like that uh, it wasn't as as pretty as I planned it to be in my head you know you get to the reality of understanding how difficult this kind of life is um, and how difficult it is to succeed but when you have a certain drive then nothing else matters you know you kind of almost seem like tunnel vision you're seeing all I need to do is to just keep pushing day in day out um, and whatever you know, I'm going to learn as much as I can and whatever, whatever I'm being asked to do, I'm just going to do it with no thoughts prior to it. I'm not going to think, oh, is this good for me? Is this bad for me? Is this good for my health, for my mental health, for my physical health? Nothing. You just do it. Um, and, you know, I think I got very lucky to be with very, in a very good environment eventually here at um, where I am at right now, um, which allowed me to make a lot of mistakes, which I think is probably the most um important aspect of becoming uh, any type of creative individual is to not be reprimanded for your mistakes is to understand that those are part of the learning curve um, and you know today i'm the executive pastry chef over there and that's how i run my team it's exactly like that it's to understand that if you make a mistake then you know there's nothing bad about making a mistake it's just understanding and learning from that so it's only a kind of like a a way a gateway for you to actually learn even more if you're willing to learn yeah um doing what you do um are you happy that's another tough question <laughs> oh no i am very happy of course i'm i'm extremely happy and privileged to be able to do this you know like i a lot of people say to me um even from a younger age when i decided to become a pastry chef like how do you know that this is what you want to do? And I can't explain it. I just know. And I think I'm lucky that way because there's so many people out there not knowing exactly what they want to do. Um, and just the fact that I have this kind of like idea and I know exactly what it is that I want to do in my life, I think that's, that should make me happy. And that is making me happy every single day. Of course, there are challenges. You know, being a pastry chef is not an easy life um you know but but I've been extremely lucky to both be able to make a good living out of it and to um enjoy the creative part of it which is what we do you know which was for me is my kind of my bread and butter and, and 
my lifeline. Yeah. So yes, I am happy. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think about like people who, um, like there's a lot of people who just don't, who just like are in their jobs because that's what like, maybe that's what they need to do or that's mm-hmm. what society expects them to do. Right. And like, they're just like waiting for the day that they can stop working and retire. Right. Right. And like, it seems like that's like really not what you feel as a, as a baker. No, um, not at all. And I, and I do, I agree with you. I see a lot of people these days. um, And I think it's been like this for a long time you know, either not sure of what they want to do or kind of like go through the motions of doing, um, you know, getting, going to high school, going to college, um, getting a job, uh, being deeply uh, entrenched in debt, um, and then kind of not even enjoying what they do in the first place. Um, and that's, that's very difficult to see, you know, and it's sad to see because I think that I'm not saying that every single person should out there should become a baker and a pastry chef, but every person should at least know what they want to do. And if, you know, in our society, we're not promoting that enough and we're not kind of like pushing people to be more creative, then that's a, that's a, that's a challenge. Cause I think, you know, even when we look at like, when we say to ourselves, Oh, someone, I don't know, I'm going to give an example. Um, someone working out on wall street, you know, I doubt they enjoy their jobs, but, there's some people that I'm sure enjoy their jobs a lot, you know, working in Wall Street. And I'm sure that they can even be creative there. And they probably are, you know, and the most successful people are always the most creative people, no matter what field you're, you're in. Um, I think that that's the core of it. You have to be creative. You have to think outside the box as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so when you were uh, getting out of the army, um, what were the, did you feel any um, like expectations about what you were, what people wanted you to do? And like, what, what were most people, because everybody has to serve in the army in Israel, right? right. So, um, right. Like were most people going to college after that or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the way it works usually in Israel is that most people getting out of the army, especially out of combat, like that's what I did. Mm-hmm. They um, travel for at least, you know, six months to a year um, just to kind of, I guess, what we call in, in Hebrew, we call it like to find yourself, you know. So which I, I don't know how much finding of yourself you can do at the age of 21. You know, when you get out, you're still very young. Yeah. But um especially after going through that experience, I think most people, most people in Israel, yes, they do that kind of like very schematic um, approach of, of traveling for a year and then going to university or college, um, studying whatever it is that interests them. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much uh, finding a job. And for me, it wasn't like that because I, I was trying very hard for a while to understand what it is that I really want to do. Um, but I don't think, I, I honestly, I couldn't go back to school because I, I suffered a lot in, in school. Like I wasn't that type of person that could sit in a classroom at that time and, and do something that I don't enjoy. Um, and I think I always liked the physical part of, of my life. Um, but yeah, of course, I mean, I, for a long time, I didn't even tell my parents that I want to become a baker because I thought that they're just going to be like, well, what about a real job, you know? 
What about going to school? What about studying something? So I think even when I moved to New York, I didn't really tell them that I, yeah, I'm going to go pursue a, a career as a baker or as a pastry chef because, you know, no one in my family ever did that to begin with. None of us were in the food industry. So um, I don't think it was really like, yes, there was a certain expectation of me to do something else, not, not food, not food related. Um, but you know how it is when you know, you know, when you know that you want to do something then you go and do it. Yeah. Um, how did you like, so you, you just knew and then, and then that's, um, that's how you had the courage to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it always sounds like a very, like, you know, when I, when people ask me, how did you know you want to be a baker? And you just kind of say, well, I just kind of knew it literally was like that. You know, it wasn't like I had to convince myself to do something or something else, or it was literally just kind of like, well, this is it. And that, and that was it. And there wasn't any kind of like struggle within me to say like, oh, I should go find another job or I should go find another profession. It wasn't like that. I just knew that, that I have to try it. I didn't know that I'm going to be successful at it, but I knew I had to try it. That's another avenue that I had to, to try and, and approach because if I, I didn't even think about what would happen if I didn't. I just kind of like said, well, this is it. I made a decision. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, it sounds like I'm, you know, like it, it's hard to say, like, you know, when you give advice to someone, you know, and they say, how did you know? And you just kind of say, I, I just knew. It's kind of like copping out because, you know, it, I can't really explain how it is that I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there was no reasoning in my head saying, like, uh, trying to convince myself to do it or trying to convince myself to see the pros and cons. I didn't make any lists of yes or no, why to move to New York. It just kind of like happened. Um, and, and it, I went through those struggles in the beginning. I remember when I first moved to New York and I tried out, you know, working at this bakery, I was awful, absolutely awful. And I remember like looking back at it now, it's just like, I was so harsh on myself too. So I, I wasn't really learning because I was just trying not to make mistakes yeah um so then i went back to israel and then realized that there is no other option for me and i have to at least continue without without quitting and i just have to continue on and moving moving forward with it and see what where that takes me and then that kind of like freed me up i was like i moved back to new york and i said whatever happens happens and just keep opening these doors and doors kept opening and i was every time i was surprised i was like oh okay I guess it's like that. It just becomes much easier when you're when you're intent on first of all never giving up, um, and of course it's easier said than done. But just kind of keep opening these doors and see what happens. Yeah. When you moved to New York as an Israeli, what did you think, and and how did you um, how did you like compare? uh america to israel well i i was lucky because my dad is from new york so mm -hmm. i grew up you know speaking hebrew and english hebrew to my mom and english to my dad and i, I had no problem understanding the culture because my dad of course was an american all his life um and we even lived here 
I think it was during, it was 2001. Yeah, it was September 11th, actually, I remember. It was like maybe two weeks after we moved to New York. Uh, it was September 11th. <laughs> so it was really harsh, you know, it was very, very, um, actually for us coming from Israel, from where, you know, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of um, very un, un uh, very bad situations in Israel, then it wasn't that much of a surprise to us. You know, we weren't that shocked. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I lived here for two years when I was very young during September 11th. I was like, what, 12? Um, so, you know, it was then. Um, and then uh, we moved back to Israel. So I already knew the culture and I already knew what to expect. So it wasn't that, you know, big of a, I guess, of a cultural gap for me to make up for. Yeah. Uh, what part of Israel did you live in? So I'm, I'm from Jerusalem. Mm. yeah so i was born born in jerusalem and then spent almost my entire life there until i moved here yeah and i've never been uh to israel let alone jerusalem yeah and i want to go but um yeah you should you should it's a it's a very nice place <laughs> yeah. for for you know especially for for traveling i think it's it is beautiful it really is a beautiful country yeah, such a small country, but really, really beautiful. So it's definitely one of those places you should put on your bucket list. Yeah. Um, did it affect you at all to grow up in in like such a I, I don't know historic and like <laughs> like um, yeah. it, it it probably did, but I'm probably not even aware of how much it did. Um, mm. You know, it's one of those things that you say to yourself, like it's probably innate in me. Um, who I am today, I probably owe to to growing up there. Um, whether it's from you know from the endless uh, wars that we have over there to the culture to the people to whatever it is, but you know for sure, for sure, and and you know probably affected me a lot growing up there. Yeah. Um. So, what is your your job at at breads you well you're the exec executive pastry yeah, chef. yeah so i'm the executive pastry chef um so basically breads um breads bakery has been in new york has been existing in new york for almost 10 years now i think it's like nine and a bit um and i joined after their first year um kind of moved my way up the ranks very quickly and then um, became the executive pastry chef. So these days, you know, we have what four locations all across New York or Manhattan, um, and we produce a lot of some really nice, nice products. Um, always work in progress, and there's always, you know, um, things that need to be dealt with um, in terms of team building and in terms of understanding how to train. You know, because it's one thing if at this point in, in my career, it's one thing if I know how to make something. But it's it's even more important if I can train my team on how to do that. Uh, so, you know, that's the, one of the main focuses right now for me, actually, personally, is to kind of step away from the day to day production because it's kind of doing damage in the long run. Um, what you get to realize is that, you know, I'm I'm definitely very controlling of the product, and I, I take it very personally. So for me to even move back a little bit so that other people can start to actually learn how to make these products has been a huge personal challenge for me. Um, 
just to be able to control a little bit less, you know, and, and again, like just be able to, to teach other people. Um, and I get a lot of joy from teaching. I think it's really fun to, 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 to have people that want to know, you know, you don't get that often, but once you do get um, good team members that can actually want, that actually want to learn the craft, um, then you get a lot of joy from, from teaching and they learn very quickly. Um, it's something that, you know, like very challenging and technical things to do. Um, you know, they, they, as long as you're willing to learn, you can learn very, very quickly in this industry. Um, and in, in the food industry in general, you know, we're constantly at a, with a lack of quality of, of good people. So whenever you get, you know, good uh potential pastry chefs and it's something you want to cherish so that's how we you know that's how i try to build my team right now um but the team is is very very big so we work you know 24 hours 24 7 um so constantly getting texts at all times of the day um and it consists of about 30 to 35 people so it's a lot of people to manage yeah what makes a good pastry chef or, or a person who has potential to be a good pastry chef I think first of all is is just a curiosity, natural born curiosity, and and certain type of fearlessness because you have to you have to be able to pair that curiosity with an ability to try something. So like if you're curious but never try it, then it it's kind of like it doesn't really work out. But if you're curious, you have to have at least this curiosity and that fearlessness in the kitchen of being able to first of all make mistakes learn from them, but also try again, try again, try again, try again until you succeed. Um, and that's, I would say the, the two biggest attributes of what makes a good pastry chef. And of course, patience, because you can't expect to jump from one place to another in a very short period of time. You have to give it time and you have to let yourself mature um, to really understand what it is that you're dealing with. So understanding you know, that, that, that it's, you're in it for the long run, and not for like a short-term kind of thing, that's the most important as well. Yeah. Um, this is a, a, this a kind of like a separate question, but yeah, I want to ask, um, like, how do you like, like what routines do you have in your life um, in like, to like help you um, be productive or like like deal with life and like like for example like if you're feeling like if you're just feeling bad one day like like what's yeah what, what how do you do to what what do you do to to deal with that for you um that's a good question i think i have you know for me i'm um, very kind of um i it's hard you know for some people you know um Stress, for example, at work would be uh, something that they can, you know, uh, dissipate with either doing some exercise or et cetera, et cetera. But for me, I don't know. It's I, I take things so personally that I take it home with me all the time. Um, so that to that question, I'm still probably trying to answer that myself, you know, and I don't think that, you know, like I do. I, I know for a fact that stress um, can sometimes be a good thing but most times can lead to very, very bad places. Um, so understanding how to deal with that type of like pressure, you know, and especially in the food industry, there's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, I, I'm still trying to answer that myself. I wish I had an answer to that. 
I have, um, I don't know, you know, first of all, I have my wife who's always there with me and who's always, um, you know, my best friend and tries to help me with everything. And I have a, I have a really cute cat <laughs> um, who I try to like pet whenever I'm <laughs> very stressed out. But aside from that, it's, you know, still a question that I'm, that I'm yet to answer, you know, and I, I don't want to give you an answer that, you know, of course, for every person, for every individual, there's an, there's a, you know, there's something that works for them. Um, for me, it's always been like, I have to work my way to push my way through that stress or to work my way through that stress. And I don't know if it's the right answer. I don't know if it's the right decision always. You know, of course, we all need vacations once in a while just to let our bodies and our minds rest. But um, normally, it's just to push my way through it um, that, that helps. But I don't know if it's a long-term solution. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, I asked this as a, a last question to all my guests. Um, what is, looking back to when you were like 17 or 18 years old, yeah. um, what is your, your, like, a piece of advice that you would give them? Um, I think, honestly, thinking back, looking back I'd say I'd say exactly the same that I the, the same thing that I say to myself right now is just savor every single second of what you're doing and and learn from everything that you're doing whether it's bad things or good things you don't know how they might affect you in the future so you know I think when I was when I was 17 I couldn't care less for 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 school um, and I enjoyed, you know, uh, doing things that, you know, I thought were at the time were very right for me or, or cool in a way, but I can't, I, I can't, you know, I look back and I think I, you know, I'm really happy I did them, you know, um, as long as you're true to yourself, then it doesn't matter what you do, you're doing something right. So I would say just stay, stay true to whatever you're doing and, and really make it, make it worth your while. You know, so if you're if you're anything, that's the the same advice I would give my my future kid. You know, I would if you're doing something right now and you're enjoying it, um, and you're and it's very true. It has to be true. It has to be true to who you are and true to your identity and true to what you believe in. Then do it, because things might change, and you're you're probably going to change your opinion about a lot of things and about your who you are and et cetera, et cetera. But at the moment. Enjoy it, savor it, and be true to yourself. Yeah. How do you decide what's true to yourself? If it feels right, you know. Um, and I don't think that there's a, any second where you can actually say, well, is this right or not? Mm. When you're not asking yourself if this is right or not, then you know that it's that's true. You know, when you're actually doing things based off of um, kind of like a deep understanding of, of not asking yourself if this is correct or not correct, then you're, you're probably doing the right thing. Yeah. If you're constantly torn between, you know, decision-making and, and understanding like how would people look at me and what would they say if I do this or what would I say if I do that, then it's probably not the right idea to do it in the first place. But if you're not thinking about it constantly and you're just acting and you're just being able to, to learn from everything that you're doing, 
then I think that's the right decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for putting up with my uh, 30 minute delay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have anything <laughs> to do. So. Yeah. We're on the same boat here. You see? So nothing, nothing changes in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll try to upload the podcast as, as soon as I can. And of course, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing it, man. I think you're, you're doing a, a great job, really. Like it's, it's fun to, to see someone from like, you know, who's, who's starting out his, his career or starting out his, his, his life, you know, after high school and, and kind of like really diving into it. And it seems like you're doing something very right. So as to your question, the last question, yeah. I think you're doing something right here. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And it feels, it feels like, like you were saying, like, I don't really have to question uh, doing this podcast. <laughs> like it just feels right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure that it'll, it'll only serve you in the future and, and, you know, it seems like you're enjoying it a lot. I've, I've, I've enjoyed every moment of it. So thank you again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you.